Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I want to thank Liam, Natalia, Heather, Terry, Teresa, Judith, George, and Susan. All of you will be receiving one of our exclusive Bittersweet Life magnets, featuring the artwork of Caravaggio, along with a handwritten thank you note. Listeners that step up and donate are the listeners that keep this show alive. I have just 18 of these wonderful magnets left. Help us reach our goal of $1,000 a month on Patreon by becoming a sustaining donor there. Just search for the Bittersweet Life podcast. You'll get this magnet. You'll get a thank you note. You'll get other wonderful prizes as well. Or make a one-time donation at thebittersweetlife.net. There are links in the show notes. Tip your podcaster and keep the show you love alive. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, we're going on a quest. (laughs) We are. I wish we were actually going on a quest. Like, I had my recorder in my backpack, and you and I were heading out on the street. I know. Deep into the woods. We'll have to do that. Next time we're in the same place... We will go on an actual quest and we will capture it on tape. But in the meantime, today we're going to talk about quests, which is almost as good. I had this idea because when we did the 300th episode, we we talked about, if you haven't heard that episode, by the way, go back and listen to it because it's a lot of fun. But we talked about some of our favorite past episodes, one of which was our goals episode. And we did a three-part series on goals and we talked about past goals, future goals, the meaning of goals. We also do New Year's resolution episodes every year. But it got me thinking about something that's a little like a step above goals, at least for me. And that is the idea of quests. And I feel like goals are really a lot of a a lot of a goal is just the idea of you want to check it off. You want to get it done. Your resolution, your resolutions, particularly something you want to check off and just say, I did that. A quest for me is more of a lifetime undertaking, something that, yes, I want to accomplish this, but really the fun is in the accomplishing of it because it's going to take a long time. It's very daunting, but daunting in a good way, in a fun way. And I'll probably be sad when I finish because then my quest will be over. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Well, maybe you should give us an example. Because I, I, was, I was thinking in my head was, while you were saying that was, would you getting your first book published, Midnight in the Piazza, would that have been considered a quest or was that a goal? I think that could be considered either. But to me, it's a goal. It's a career goal and a step along the way in my career. But I don't consider that a quest. That's not to say it couldn't be considered a quest for someone else, and that would be totally fine. But for me, I don't consider that a quest. For me, a quest is something like this. I want to see every single Caravaggio painting that is still around in the world that hasn't been destroyed. And that's a quest that you and I will share, although I don't know that you would have termed it a quest, maybe not until now. Yes. It also is one of those things where sometimes when I think about it, I think that's impossible. Either financially or just accessibility 
I mean, you got to see one of the Caravaggios that's in somebody's private home, but what are the odds that both of us would see that? Oh, I think you'll be able to see that the next time you're in Rome, I'll make that happen. But, um, but that's what's so great about a quest, a quest that could be something like that, or it could be something totally different, not related to art. I'll try to think of an example. To me, a quest is something with lots of components and you get them done when you can. Some things are going to be really easy to get done. For If you live in Rome, it's very easy to see, you know, the calling of St. Matthew. You can do it any afternoon you want. But it's very difficult to see the ceiling of the Villa Aurora, which I saw back in October, or to see some paintings that are, you know, in kind of strange places that you might not happen to pass like in France there's a couple in like small towns in France believe it or not there's one in like Kansas City there's one in like Princeton New Jersey but but that makes it more fun because you always have something to look forward to there's always something you're like yes I've gotten almost all of them but there's a few more that's going to take me a long time I've been lucky that I've Rome had a major Caravaggio exhibit and I got to see a lot of those paintings that are, I saw the one that's in Kansas City. I saw the one that's in like Fort Worth, Texas, because I always thought to myself, okay, well, I'm going to have to make a trip to Fort Worth, Texas sooner or later. I don't know when that's going to happen. It might not be for like 20, 30 years. So now I don't have to do that. I really think I'm going, I'm going to do it. There's one exception, which is there is a Caravaggio painting, the Nativity, I believe. It was stolen Back in, I want to say the 1970s, it was stolen by, I believe, the Mafia from a church in Palermo. And most people think that it's been destroyed. There are a few people who have, like, some little hope that it it might still be around. But there's almost no chance, even if it still exists, there's almost no chance that anyone will ever see it. And there's also almost surely Caravaggio paintings that have not been discovered yet because they keep being discovered. You know, like every couple of years, it's like, oh, this is a new Caravaggio that was discovered in some random person's attic. So when I say I want to see every Caravaggio, obviously, that's not 100% possible. Let's say all of the ones that have been officially categorized as being Caravaggio. But that's just one quest, Katie. So when I think of a quest, I like your kind of ongoing, it could take your whole life to see every Caravaggio thing. And that if it doesn't take your whole life, it will be kind of sad. I guess it sounds like, though, you're going to have to, what, join the mafia to see that one if it still exists. So get on that. But I I guess when I think of quests, I often think of them as sort of mythic in nature. One way of putting it is one of two things are going to happen during your quest. You're either going to find something that you weren't looking for along the way, or you're going to find that that within you was what you were looking for all along. Oh, yes. Classic Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, exactly. Like the Wizard of Oz or and somewhere along the way, you might meet your helpful guide, your Merlin, the magician or whatever to help you on your way. Your Yoda. That actually reminds me of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm, exactly. But yes, I love that. I love that. I don't I think that that's the original meaning of what a quest is. I don't think that one negates the other. So I guess that my quests are not like the official definition of what an actual quest would be. They're more like a a goal that takes many, 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 many parts. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny though, when you think about the the mythic quest, that the idea that you find something you weren't looking for or you find but that whatever you were searching for was within you all along. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of 
of me moving to Rome and and uh, discovering this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the right. thing that I wasn't looking for. But found you. That found me along the way. Yeah. <laughs> that became a major part of my life. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Uh, I did look up the definitions of quest. Of course you did. Of course I did, because it's fun. Um, and one I found is now considered obsolete, and one is what it's being defined as right now. Oxford Dictionary says that a quest is a long or arduous search for something, mm-hmm. which is, sort of fits your Caravaggio model. Mm-hmm. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary listed one that was now considered obsolete, which was a person or group of persons who search or make inquiry. Hmm. A quest. I never heard, I've never heard that, used that in that way. Mm-hmm. So we know about the Caravaggio one because you and I have talked about that as a common goal before. Mm-hmm. What would you say a, a different quest that you want to go on is? Well, this is one that I just came up with, and I don't think it'll take me nearly as long as the Caravaggio quest, especially since I've been on the Caravaggio quest for about 10 years now so far. Mm-hmm. So this one, I, I'm hoping I can do this in a couple of years, maybe maybe five years. With Aurelio, I would like to see 100 churches in Rome hmm. because he loves going to churches. He really, really loves it. I have to say that to you because they like they look at me like I'm so mean because I drag <laughs> my kid to churches. But like he really, really likes going into churches and wandering around and looking at the stuff and exploring so um, I've started making a list of all the churches we've been to. I think we've probably been to about 15 churches in Rome together. I've been to a lot more than that. But I feel like we can we can do this. I mean, I'd like to say we could do once a week, but the truth is we don't manage to go out once a week just because of, you know, bad weather or he be, him being sick or just having other stuff to do. But usually when we do go out, we'll, we'll hit up at least one church, sometimes more than one in a day. So maybe a couple of years we could get this done. Yeah. Two, three years. Does he just feel like the churches feel like a, a palace? Um, I could imagine that as a kid. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he definitely likes to like wander around and like look at, you know, he, he always wants to go back into where the little chapels are. Usually the chapels, side chapels are closed off and he wants to kind of go in there and he likes to sit on the pew. He likes to look up at the ceilings. If there's closed doors, he always wants to try to open them. And he loves lighting candles. <laughs> and we have a couple of, sadly, we have a couple of people in the family that have passed away that we light candles for. And so he likes to do that. And um, yeah, he just enjoys it. I think he likes the churches better than the museums, to be honest. More freedom, more freedom of movement, less guards. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe fewer people, less like sort of like a way that you have to go. Instead, you just kind of wander. So it sounds like, though, you would do that one very intentionally in a way. Because in Rome, you could just sort of stumble in and out of like five churches if you wanted to, if you guys were just out on a day. Yeah, we could. We totally could. I We will go just walk into any old church if we happen to be near one. But, you know, sometimes the churches in Rome, like some of them are amazing. Some of them are just so-so. Some of them are really not, not even worth going in, to be honest. There are certain churches that I want to make sure we include some of the really great churches. And the thing in Rome is like, there are so many churches that are, that are amazing. There's so, 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 so many. I put a call out on my personal Instagram recently. I was like, which churches should I make sure to take Aurelio to? And people commented with just two or three dozen churches altogether. And I was like, yeah, these are all really great churches. There's something like 900 churches in Rome, right? If a person is a tourist in Rome, as tour guide Tiffany, would you recommend that 
people just try to stop into every church that they see? Or is that sort of a waste of time? I mean, it's hard to say it's a waste of time. But when you're a tourist, you have a, you have a very limited amount of time. So in a way, it is a waste of time to just wander. I mean, I love I loved the idea of just wandering in, seeing a church and wandering in. Sometimes you, you discover a delightful place. And sometimes you see right away, as soon as you walk in, you can kind of tell it's kind of not really much to it. And you just walk out. So you don't really waste that much time. But I would say, you know, take the time to do a little bit of research and figure out what the really great churches are. And there's probably 30 incredibly important churches in Rome, at least 30 or 40. And so you can't see that many when you're on a trip. But, you know, there are just so many amazing works of art in Rome's churches by just the greatest artists in history, some of the greatest artists in history. I mean, we're just, I was just talking about Raphael uh, the other day, of course, Caravaggio, Michelangelo, they're all they all have works in churches that are free to just walk into and look at. Bernini, Pinturicchio, the list goes on and on. So it, it is worth it to look, to seek those out, those churches that really have rare works of art. I want to hear what some of your quests are. Yeah, this was a difficult thing for me um, when you suggested this idea. One of the quests I've already been on and I'm done with it now, but it took a long time. Okay, let's hear. I want to hear that was a quest born of a by a friend of mine. Uh, a friend of mine, a number of years ago now, decided that she was going to watch the entire filmography of Arnold Schwarzenegger from beginning to end. Oh my god. Which, for me, sounds like a nightmare. But it was an experience that she really, really loved. And really got some great understanding of the evolution of this person. And I loved the concept of it. I love the idea of watching an actor go from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And so Derek and I started talking about it, trying to sort out, well, who would we watch from beginning to end if we were going to jump on board this quest? And we decided to watch all of Tom Cruise's movies. Mm-hmm. We picked Tom Cruise because, for well, for multiple reasons, but the main one was I didn't want to get stuck watching the same kind of movie for an entire career. So while I can admit that Daniel Day-Lewis is an amazing actor, I knew that if we picked Daniel Day-Lewis, we would be watching one epic drama after another after another. And if you watch Tom Cruise, you get a little bit of everything. You get drama, you get romance, you get action, you get comedy. He's in a few comedies. He had a more filled out catalog of things that you could watch. And so that's what appealed to me. Plus, of course, I feel like he's the actor that most represented my growing up life. He was sort of the biggest star, I feel, when we were kids. Mm -hmm. And still, to this day, probably remains one of the most iconic stars in Hollywood. Yeah. So I thought it would be interesting to see his evolution as an actor. So that's 43 films. Yikes, that's a lot of movies. Starting in 1981 with a film called Endless Love, which was actually a movie starring Brooke Shields. And he's in that for all of 47 seconds or something as an extra. So it starts all the way back in 1981 and then brings it all the way forward to the latest Mission Impossible that he came out with just a year ago or so. And of course, we're coming up on uh, number 44 because he will soon be in the movie Maverick, which is coming out. So you, you're caught up, basically. Basically. I'm, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for Maverick to come out <laughs> and see. Maverick is the follow-up to the movie Top Gun. And it's so funny because when we started, we had really gone around and around and around about who to watch because we knew it would take a lot of time. 
and a lot of watching energy. It's There's so many good things to watch, so you really have to choose wisely if you get on this quest yourself, you listening. But Derek, at the end of it all, said to me, you know, I thought many things would come of this experience, but I didn't think that I would come out a fan. Hmm. We really did. Both of us are just so interested now in his abilities as an actor because we've watched him come about, you know, and and he really is quite talented at carrying really ambitious films on his own shoulders pretty much alone. So from now on for probably the rest of our lives, we'll watch everything he comes out with. Wow. From here to eternity <laughs> until he or us or all of us are dead. So, <laughs> so that's really a lifelong quest. Yeah, in that way, it's a quest that's over, but it's a quest that's never really over as long as Tom Cruise is making movies. Yeah. Oh, imagine if Caravaggio were still alive and painting. I mean, right? That would be amazing. You'd be following him <laughs> around in the streets. Oh, I can dream. Do you think you could have gotten into one of his paintings if if you had known him? If I'd been a prostitute. Yeah, if you were a prostitute. <laughs> well, it would have been another thing, just like joining the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> not joining the mafia. You're, how big a fan are you, Tiffany? Sorry, I'm not, uh, I'm not an ultra. I'm not joining the mafia for Caravaggio. Sorry. Well, it's interesting, too, because I'm I'm so I don't want to say much about it because works in progress, you know, but I'm working on a book that uses the Tom Cruise movies as a framework. Yes, I know that. And that is I think that is such a brilliant idea. It's funny, too, as I'm working on it more and more, I'm having to really think back to some of these movies and some of the movies I've now watched, I don't know, three, four years ago now. Yeah. And so I'm I'm finding, like with anything you watch, I'm forgetting, what was that movie about? What was the plot of that film? And and Derek was just saying the other day, he said, well, you know, we could watch all the way through of them again. Oh, God, no. Why would you do that, though? For me, it actually didn't sound like the worst idea. It's like, yeah, maybe that would be interesting. I guess since it, it does play into what you're working on, I guess it is kind of like any sort of research. For sure. And I guess to the quest to publish something you're saying is not a quest. So the goal is now to publish this uh, memoir that uses the Tom Cruise movies. Hey, I said it could be a quest for someone else. Okay. It didn't fall into the category of a quest for me, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be a quest for someone else. Okay, so I'm going to make that a quest. Okay, I like it. This thing about Tom Cruise and my life comes about in a published form and that every single person listening right now buys it. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think as a part of that quest, and this could be a long shot, but like you becoming a prostitute if Caravaggio was still around, I would love to interview Tom Cruise as a part of this book. So I'm going to throw in another quest to meet Tom Cruise and interview him for this book. Well, <laughs> you you wanted to meet Jodie Foster and you made that a goal and that happened. So I don't see why not. Yes. And it has happened before. I have made goals like that before, but never to somebody that could be this hard to get to. So we'll see. We'll see. He might be incredibly flattered that, you've, that you're writing a book about his... I mean, it's not just about his movies. No. But... That's just a fraction of it. <laughs> but it's the it's the backbone of your own story, which is kind of fascinating. And, you know, it, it could be something that he would, it would very much please his ego. Well, that, and I'm really trying to focus on him as the actor, not any of the tabloid stuff. Right. So him as an artist versus him as what we in the public want to think of him, basically. Right. So, yeah, in that way. And he did do this interview. This is what gives me hope. 
because I've, I've done a lot of research about Tom Cruise, uh, Tiffany. Um, <laughs> in this one interview I found, somebody asks him about a book that was written about him. It was a biography that was written about him. And they asked him if he'd read it. And he said, no, I haven't read it. And they said, well, said something along the lines of, well, why not? And he said, well, this person didn't even talk to me to write this giant biography about me. Mm. And so that gives me hope. <laughs> that maybe he okay. would want to talk to me. All right. So I guess that's a ongoing quest and a also continuing quest. I like it. I like it. Thanks. It's very unusual. What else do you have? Well, I, I uh, speaking of films, I, I had a quest and I didn't really categorize it as such at the time because I didn't really think about this, using it, this word to describe it, but it kind of was a quest. Um, but my quest was to see every single film that had won the Oscar for Best Picture. Hmm. This is years ago. This was I was still living in Boston at the time. So it was the sort of first few years of the 21st century. It was like 2002, I think. 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. And I got really far. I saw like the very first film that ever won, which was called Wings, 1927. And I saw almost every film. There were literally something like three movies that I couldn't find. This is before Netflix, of course. This is, I mean, not that these movies are all on Netflix, of course, but it was just a time when you things were a little bit more difficult to get a hold of. Strangely enough, I got almost all of them at my like library. <laughs> the film Cimarron, I couldn't find, and the film The Life of Emil Zola, I couldn't find, and maybe one other one. But every other single one I watched up until 2002, in 2000, well, 2004, I moved to Italy. And so, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up with the more modern ones at the time. I mean, I didn't, you know, I still don't have a TV, but at that time, I, you know, there was no access to movies via computers and I don't like seeing dubbed movies. And so I'm really behind on all the films from 2003 to the present. I think I've seen like two of the Oscar winners. <laughs> in that time. Do any of them stand out? Well, what really stands out for me is that I saw a lot of movies that I would never have chosen to see. I mean, obviously there there are big film buffs who love to see like the epic dramas that you were talking about and these really movies that are like maybe difficult to watch, um, movies that are very artistic or whatever. And sometimes sometimes you just, you don't see those movies because you're like, I want to relax. I want to see something really easy to watch you know I want to watch Jerry Maguire (laughs) or something with I don't know Jane Fonda just something that's easy and so this kind of pushed me to see some movies that were a little bit out of my comfort zone not just because they're difficult movies but just maybe because they're not really my genre of movie and so I saw movies like Platoon which I loved and I saw Deer Hunter which I, I didn't love, but it was interesting. And I and I definitely appreciated it as a great film. I think that's important, just like it's important to try to see, you know, the great works of art or hear at least recordings of like the greatest works of music ever written. Like you should at least hear them once in your life. You should hear Beethoven's Fifth Symphony once in your life. You should hear Rachmaninoff's Second Piano Concerto or, or Tosca, you know. The same is true for these some of these really great films. Like you really should see them to have a full concept of culture. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm glad that I did. And I want to see the more recent ones. The quest was like permanently or almost permanently paused. So I would like to sort of take it up again. And I think if 
I'm not mistaken, that on Netflix they have like an Academy Award winners section. And they don't have them all, but they have a lot. And so one that I saw recently was Slumdog Millionaire, which I, I think won. I'm pretty sure it won. And I hadn't seen that. That's a great movie. Yeah, I got to see that. and But I'd like to see some of the more recent ones. And it's the Oscars just happened earlier this month. So, uh, so it's kind of timely. It was really great to see those older movies, like the movies from the 50s and the 40s. I think there's a lot of surprises in there as well. A lot of films that you wouldn't think won actually did win, like Rocky mm. won Best Picture. Hmm. Speaking of the movies, I I don't know if you remember, but back in episode 143, <laughs> it was an episode called Critters, I believe. <laughs> That's my guess anyway. Yeah, I remember that. Was it about a baby eel? No. <laughs> <laughs> but we did do an episode about a baby eel. We did. Yeah, that's that 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 happens a number of years later. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm confused. No, this this episode was the episode where I talked to the actress Jane Alexander. Um oh. and we were on stage and we were talking about a book she wrote called Wild Things Wild Places. And even though she's known as an actress and I'm not sure if she's an Academy Award-winning actress, but she might be. Um we were there to talk about this sort of side path she went on where she did all this traveling with scientists and encountered wildlife in a major way. And ever since then, I haven't been able to get what her life was like out of my head, that she got to do all of these incredible things. I mean, the book, listen to the episode, we talk about a lot of things, but she really got to see so many incredible things that most of us don't get to encounter. And it's kind of born in me this idea of a quest, but I have just a murky idea that I want to encounter wildlife in some sort of a major way. Well, you have done some of that, Katie. I mean, you you had a close encounter with a shark, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. But I mean, I want to see things that are more far flung and, and even things that should be relatively simple. Like I want to see whales in the wild. I've seen killer whales before, but, you know, they kind of don't count. Uh, they're kind of like dolphins. So, <laughs> Poor dolphins and killer whales. I want to see like a, a pod of humpback whales. Well, you're or... in the right place for that. Not really. Not really. No, not anymore, huh? No, it would have been better off in California. I'll have to go up to Alaska, maybe. Well, Katie, why don't you make a list? See, to, to, for me, to make this into a quest, you should make a list of like 20 animals that you want to see. And really think about it. Like, don't just like, oh, elephant, lion, tiger, like bears. Yeah, 20 animals that you want to see in the wild. Mm -hmm. Be intentional about it. And when you travel, be like, okay, I'm going to Indonesia. Why don't I go to Sumatra and see the orangutans in the wild? Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to Tibet. I don't know what animals are in Tibet, but there's got to be some. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like when I travel, if I'm going to be in northern France, I'm going to make sure I go to Nancy. And I see the Caravaggio that's there. It's just like a little intention that you have sort of running in the back of your head, like an app that's running that doesn't close. And you get in the range and it like beeps at you. It's like, oh, there's a Caravaggio near here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just had a brilliant idea for an app there. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you're near a Caravaggio. It starts beeping. No, I, lo I love that approach. That's, that's a good idea uh, because I think oftentimes I sort of have a, um, I don't know what to look for. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for ideas too. And so it probably would be good to sit down and brainstorm about it. Of course, I went the way that I normally go where I just solicit advice. And so I just wrote to Jane Alexander directly. There you go. And, and said, hey, you've had the most amazing life. What would you suggest I do? 
And she wrote back, she sent me this one thing that sounded incredible, but I can't afford to go, which is to go see the great crane migration in North America in March. But I kind of loved her openness where she's like, oh, so the girl wants to go on an adventure. What do you, what kind of things do you want to know? Oh, that's cool. (laughs) So I always kind of do that too. I'm a big solicitor of advice. Well, um, yeah, I think you should just take some time with it and ask people, ask her, ask other people. And, and you know, if this is something that you want to do over the next rest of your life, you might be able to afford in a future moment or start with things that are a little bit less expensive, start with things that are a little closer to home or, or whatever, but just keep it in mind. And then when you're, you know, when you do plan a trip Mm -hmm. and then you can be like, Oh, remember I really wanted to see tigers in Africa. Let's go to that national park where they have them Mm -hmm. and not where they have them, but where they live. (laughs) Not (laughs) a zoo. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm talking about like the natural parks, but, um, and I know you've been on safari. You must be able to like put a few things on there. Yeah. I think what I love that she did is that she went with people who were actually out there studying stuff. And so the approach is different. You know, it's smaller. It's not like I'm on safari and I'm eating a buffet. I'm out in the world seeing what you can see well i know but that might not be accessible i mean that might not be possible with every single animal you know you might get that opportunity once or twice unless you want to like change your career and you know (laughs) be the next jane alexander right well you know she's an actress hey (laughs) so i could still be a podcaster right true all right so how about you do you have one more that you want to share with us um i do like the idea of a travel related quest but i haven't really come up with anything specific yet i mean i I know I want to go to every continent, except I'm sorry, I don't want to go to Antarctica because it's just too cold. But um, I would like to go to every continent, but I don't know that that's a quest, you know. There's only seven of them or six without Antarctica. Every country in the world is too ambitious. Maybe every country in Europe would be kind of a cool thing to do. Hey, if anybody has any ideas for me or Katie anything at all, send them in. We always love hearing your ideas. Absolutely. Tell us what we should be seeing. Yeah, you can send it to us by email, bittersweetlife at mail.com. Or of course, you can contact us through any of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, to search for the Bittersweet Life podcast. I have one that I don't know that I should share because it might not happen. Maybe it's not a quest. Maybe it's more of a goal, but I'll end it. After listening to your mini episode about Raphael, Mm -hmm. I decided that I would like to be in Rome for his 500th birthday. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Which would be April 6th. That is is exciting. Very soon. Wouldn't that be cool if we could take this show around Rome on the 500th birthday of Raphael? That would be... It's his death day, not his birthday. Sorry, yes, his death day. The 500th anniversary of his death day. So a little more morbid, I suppose, Mm -hmm. but still. Yeah, you like the morbid stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's a goal. I don't know if it will happen. It will have so much to do with money and time. (laughs) Um, But it's an idea. It's exciting. anything it's an advertisement for if you skip that Raphael episode you should go back and listen to it because I thought it was pretty inspiring oh well thank you in a build a quest around it sort of way yeah we could take to the streets record us visiting all these Raphael sites and doing a little pilgrimage a little Raphael pilgrimage yeah I think that would be a super fun episode yeah it would be all right so send us your ideas and can you quest after a big idea too because remember how when I was living in Rome 
One of the things I learned was how to live in the moment better. Mm -hmm. One of the other quests I have in life is that I want to get to a point where I don't imagine something being over when I'm in the middle of it. Oh, yes. It's your reverse nostalgia. Really enjoy the moment in that, yeah, in that total way, like where I'm like, I'm living it. I'm not also thinking, and one day this will be over. Mm -hmm. It has something to do with living in the moment, but not being nostalgic about the moment while it's actually happening. If I can pull that off, yeah, that's a mental quest I would like to accomplish. That's big. It's too big, but I'm going to try. <laughs> it's not too big. It's good. It's not going to happen. Hey, don't be down on yourself. You can totally do that. You can totally do that. All right. And do you have a final thought you want to share? Um, I don't think I can top that, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to discover commonplace wonder. <laughs> that could be yours. Um, okay. And so we'll leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Get out there, get questioned, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes, subscribe to the show, and pledge your support at patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. And for goodness sake, interact with us on social media. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or send us an email at bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at M-A-I-L dot com. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, send us a letter there too. Our logo is by Jody Rick at The Lost Laboratory, with help from our muse, Caravaggio. Talk to you next week. Bye.